Well, good morning, Identity Church. I'm going to go ahead and get us started. You know, I thought this was going to be the last week that we were going to talk on love. I'm not sure yet, actually. Uh, the more that I've been praying, the, the Lord's been kind of saying, kind of hold back and let's see what happens, okay? So we're going to talk about this morning, what is love? You know, I, I always, because I'm a child of the 90s, you know, I... I was a teenager in the 90s, and, you know, that song, What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Well, they had this, like, it was it was this um, movie where the people from Saturday Night Live got together, and they would do this thing where they, they jerk their head, you know? So every time somebody goes, you know what love is? You know, I hear a, a message that comes in my mind. I see the two guys at, like, the cast bar going, I don't know. That was funny in my head, okay? So y'all can y'all can laugh or not laugh. I don't care. It was entertaining to me. But I just, this week, the Lord's been putting on my heart to kind of change some things that I was going to teach on. And we're going to, I call this, I'm throwing, I'm throwing down the middle this week. This is going to be, everybody in here is going to hit a home run, okay? We're going to walk out of here and everybody's going to be like, man, I got... What is love? Because God is telling me more and more and more that people, they don't really understand what true love is because they think love has to do with this affection that I have for, for someone. Like, I have affection for my wife and for my family. But, you know, there are, there are people that say, well, I love people. And you go... Yeah, but you only love the people that you like. You only love the people that you think are, are similar to you, that have similar beliefs. Um, I work for, for the power company here in this area. And it's funny because we, we start talking about having, you know, in, being inclusive and having equity. And I have no problems with, you know, having inclusive and equity. What I do have a problem, though, is that they want you to have agreement for everything. You know, we're human beings. We, we can't even agree on whether or not we like eggs with our breakfast or we like bacon. I mean, we're talking about simple things we all can't agree on. I mean, I, I look at it like this. If you pulled every uh, a survey and we took 50 things that people liked and disliked, we would get varying you know, degrees of things that, that people are in certain categories. Well, you know that whenever we talk about love, we're supposed to love people the same. It's not supposed to be about affection, which affection's good, but affection is an emotion that we get from having a connection. Affection has to do with connection. Can I say that again? Affection has to do with connection. Do you know that love comes before that? I'm going to tell you what. I, I'm trying to pitch it down the middle. Maybe that was a curveball. But love comes first... Then there comes connection and then affection. See, that's the problem that we have in the world today is the fact that people are not connecting. And so somebody will say, well, I love certain people. I love my family. Some people may say, I don't love my family. Some people may say, I love a certain type of person. I, I love, you know... I love being able to talk, you know, if, if let's just say for an example, we wanted to talk about guns today. I probably could find Brock and my dad and, and Matt and we could all sit around and, you know, Charlie, we could all sit around and talk about guns. But do you know that, that there may be some people that's like, I'm afraid of guns. I don't want to talk about it. I, I think that, that that puts me off for that person. Have you ever, have you ever found people that they are put off? By, because somebody likes something? 
Or you better throw your hand up because it happens every single day. You know that I go to work and I talk to people and because I talk to people about the love of God and they ask me, do you agree with certain things? And I say, no, I don't agree with them, but I still love them. They go, well, you just don't understand. You need to agree with, let's say, transgenderism. Well, I'm sitting here going, I love people who are transgender. I know people that are transgender. That's not, that, that's not a problem. I don't have a problem being around those people. What I do have a problem is, is when they say, do you agree? And then if I don't agree, it's like, well, you must be a bigot because you're the opposite-minded from the way I believe. Do you know that every single time we think about love, love has nothing to do with whether or not I like something. It has nothing to do with whether or not I have affection for people. Because love stands on its own. The unconditional God kind of love stands on its own. I can completely disagree with anybody and I can still love them. See, that's the reason why you see families that break up. That's why you see marriages that break up. It's because they loved with a conditional love. See, conditional love says that as long as we get along, then everything's going to go along. But, guess what? There's times in your, in your friends, your family, in your marriage, hey, how about this? When you're, you know, we were talking about our kids. Oh, man. My kids probably didn't like me at certain times because I had to get on them. Well, does that mean that that they still, did they stop loving me during that time? Well, I hope not. Because a conditional love means that if if I'm getting everything that I want out of this situation, that's one of the reasons why I don't like the whole marriage is 50-50. How many people think marriage is 50-50? Good. I'm glad we had no, no hands raised on that. It's 100-100. It means when you ain't loving, the other person's still loving. And guess what? They're supposed to come back on the loving side. See, conditional love tells us that, that I have to have affection for you in order to love you. And that's why when they've lost that loving feeling, you know, I could probably come up with a bunch of songs that have been written about conditional love that we take and we go, oh, those are great songs. I love, oh, those are so, you've lost that loving feeling. Well, guess what? You never had the real loving feeling. Because guess, guess what happens when you lose that love and feeling? You still love. It's not a feeling. So there's some days I wake up and I feel like crap. Have you ever woke up and said, man, I feel bad today. And Heather always goes, are you all right? And I go, yeah, I'm fine. Just give me some time. Give me some coffee and give me some time and we're going to be all right. Well, guess what? She still loves me and I still loved her. Do you know that conditional love will always throw you into the mix of saying, do I want to stay or do I want to go? Unconditional love says that I'm chasing you down. I'm following after you even though you don't want me to. You know, if she leaves me, I'm going to go after her. You know what? If somebody in my family leaves me, I'm going to go after them. Because I don't love them with a conditional love. I'm loving them with an unconditional love. Now, has that always been the case? Has Dusty always been perfect in this? Absolutely not. And you're not going to be perfect in it either. That's one of the reasons why we had to have unconditional love for each other. Is that when... When my love is starting to wane, 
Somebody comes along and builds me back up. See, that's the problem in our society. What we've done is COVID has sent us home, and it was like, stay away from each other. Don't go talk to each other. Don't get face-to-face. Don't give hugs. Do you know what happens when you start doing that? You start loving conditionally. You start walling people off in your life, and you create barriers, and then now your barriers... That they create, they create obstacles where everything's a condition. Well, guess what? You didn't, you didn't call me today or you didn't text me today. Well, you know what? How about you calling and texting them? Because if we both are 100-100, 100-100 is an unconditional love. I don't know how many... I mean, other ways I can say this. But if we don't love unconditionally, then eventually everybody, everybody, I'm not, I'm not telling you some people, I'm talking about everybody is going to be awful at some point. You're going to find something against everyone. I know people right now that live their life to where they say, Everybody's just awful. I hate people. Well, guess what? If you hate people, even in the even like this, when you hear somebody's name and you go, "Ugh," have you ever done that? Have you ever been sitting there and somebody mentions a name and you go, "Ugh," on the inside? It's like uh, they're gonna be there. I'm probably not gonna go. Do you know that loving someone unconditionally? doesn't mean you let them run over you. But loving somebody unconditionally gives you the opportunity to be able to give them an opportunity. And what if they don't take the opportunity? You regroup, you go back, and you give them another opportunity. See, we should be living 100-100 to everybody. Does that mean we trust everybody? Absolutely not. I'm not going to give you my... My, my gold, my girl, or my kids over to everybody to watch after. You know, that was one of the things that people would say to us when we had, when our kids were younger. They'd be like, well, you don't let your kids go and sleep over at people's houses. I was like, no, because I know what happens when that happens. Especially with people that I don't know and I don't trust. It's like, well, you should, you know, aren't your kids going to, you know, have social issues and all that. You know, it's crazy. My kids can go into a place and they're like, wow, your kids act like they're 30 years older. I got that yesterday. I go pick him up from camp. All the camp counselors are are walking around going, we got to bottle whatever you're doing because he's mature he talks about the word. He does all of you know chores. He, we don't have to ask him twice. We don't have to do anything that is out of bounds. We don't even have to watch him. You know why? It's because I said, I'm going to pour into my kids and I'm not going to let bad things happen to them. Now, you may be going, well, Dusty, it sounds like the opposite of unconditional love. No, unconditional love says, I'm going to protect my kids I'm going to protect the people around me. If we ended up having a somebody that was a pedophile, went to jail, came in, we found out they had, you know, they were a registered sex offender. Are we going to allow them in here? Yes, but I'm going to be watching the heck out of them. And I'm going to love them unconditionally, but I may have to kick them out. Do you know that that's, That's what we have to do with each other is that we don't put up walls, but we also put up boundaries. See, a wall is something I can't see through. A boundary just says there's a line. You cross that line, I'm going to get you on the other side of the line. But I'm still going to be able to love you unconditionally. You know, I think this is the reason why, and I haven't even gotten into my message, so just give me a second. The Lord just keeps putting this on my heart, and I may not even get to my message. 
But you know that every single time in my life where I have drawn a boundary and I was loving somebody and they crossed the boundary and I said, hey, get on the other side of that boundary. And, you know, people go, well, what is a boundary? Well, a boundary is, is that they take advantage of you. They take advantage of your kindness. They take advantage of your of your gifts that you give. They take advantage of the things that, that you say, hey, this is important to me, and I've let you know it's important to me, and you keep crossing the line. Well, you know what? Every time they cross the line, you say, nope, you got to get back over the line. There is a point where you sometimes have to push them out and say, you can't even get near my line anymore. That's okay. Do you know that that's unconditional love? It's not a condition to say we have boundaries. But see, that's where the world needs to understand. And I I want you guys to understand this because a lot of times we'll get into a teaching on the grace and the love of God. And and then it's like, well, I just opened myself up for everybody. And now I feel like I'm being kicked around. Well, guess what? If they're not putting in anything and you're putting in a hundred, you need to understand where those boundaries are. I hope this is speaking to somebody because I feel like the Holy Ghost is saying this because there are people right now that they go back and forth between I want to love people, but I don't trust people. And what that makes you do is it makes you not love. You, you basically go to this, this inward, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to keep people as far away from me as I possibly can. Well, guess what? Unconditional love does not look like, hey, everybody come gather around me. I'm going to be nice to you. Niceness has nothing to do with love. Now, niceness helps when it comes to having a connection and having an affection, but it has nothing to do with love. How many people, that's a new wrinkle in your head. Like, like I just said that. How many people said, I don't understand what you just said. Nobody, that's good. Because I can be nice to you, and I don't love you at all. I'm just trying to get you away from me. I mean, how many people have been nice to somebody that was like, hey, that dude's a creep, but I'm going to be nice enough to get them out. Can I get away from them? You know, I find out that the nicer someone is, the more I start going, I don't think that person actually likes people. Because they use it as a barrier. Niceness is just a way of being able to get people to say, let's agree quickly and move on even quicker. Does that make sense to everybody? Did, did, I, did I mess anybody's, you know, hernanumics or, or theology up? I mean, I know that there's a lot of people who've been taught all kinds of stuff about love. Oh, what is love? Well, I'll tell you what love is. An unconditional love is going to say, you know what? I'm going to be patient with you. In fact, I'm going to do this. I'm going to to get past this. I'm going to start out here. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. I'm going to tell you what love is and what love is not. And then we might talk about some of the other pieces that I was going to hit. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8 says, Love suffers, this word suffers long, is the word patience. It's just to be patient. Love is patient, is kind. Do you notice that I put a little, I put a little bar through and? There's, there's actually parentheses because in the Greek there's nothing there. Okay? Patience is kindness. Does that make sense? Because patience is the only thing that allows those people to come back. You know that once you've hit a boundary and you keep talking with them, you got to create some patience. You know, my mom used to say all the time, she goes, don't pray for patience because you'll get it, right? Well, the thing is, is that I'm praying for patience. 
Because I'm trying to be kind with everybody. And there's some people that they push my boundaries too much. And I have to have so much patience. I have to have so much that it, it comes down to is that it may not be that there's times where I'm nice. Because nice has to do with affection. But I'm patient. Which means that I'm kind to them. Means that I'm going to take another moment and go, okay, let's back up. Let's find a new jumping off place where we both can, can go together. Do you know that, that, that is the, that's the beauty of love is the fact that love is patient. And if you're patient, then you're kind to people. You know, I've had family members, and I'm not going to talk about this a lot, but I've had family members where I've watched them, and they've had situations with other family members, and I watched them over and over and over and over deal with them. And I thought to myself, I'd have done kicked them to the curb. You know what? They were living this. They were living love in the aspect of being patient with people. And being patient with people was kind. It was giving them the ability to be able to put back into them. Now, were they always nice? Absolutely not. There's consequences that come with your actions. Can I get an amen on that? There's consequences that come with our actions. If we end up screwing something up, there should be a, a, something that happens on the other side of this. You know what? If I go gamble all my money away, what am I going to get? Poe? I'm going to be Poe, right? You know what? I go eat a lot of food. What am I going to be? Fat. You know what happens if I, if I mess around on my wife? I'm going to be divorced. Or beat up. Or dead. But do you know that the problem comes down to every single time is that the consequences for those actions has nothing to do with patience. It has nothing to do with kindness. The consequence is the consequence. I can still have consequences that, that break something but keep a relationship. I hope y'all are getting this because this right here, the Holy Spirit is saying, is very, very important for nowadays. Because we need to understand, because there are young people that are out there, and we're, we're, I'm trying, guys. I want so badly for there to be a bunch of young people in here that are hearing the true spoken word of God because they're not reading their Bible. Because people are telling them that it's racist. That's homophobic. But it is life. And if they don't get this life, they're going to die and they're going to go to hell. And let me tell you what's going to happen. It's going to take generations, generations before people will start listening. You know, I, Lord, I don't want to do this. Do you know that one of the problems that we have with the generation of people that are coming up right now is the fact that if you're over a certain age and that age is like really young, it's like 35. If you're over 35, you're too over the hill for them. In fact, you're finding that if there is a church that is being brought up in the middle of a place like California or Chicago or New York City, they're going after somebody that is 22 years old. Now, these people have not lived enough life to even know how to spell life, okay? I mean, at 22, I thought I was pretty dang good. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Every 22-year-old comes out going, I am pretty awesome. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. Well, guess what? I'll be 45 on Tuesday and I'm looking back at my 22 year old self and said, you knew nothing. You had nothing. By the way, if you're 22 years old, you have nothing. If you have something that means somebody gave it to you. 
Your parents or somebody did. They're going and taking a generation of people who are wearing skinny jeans and they're putting them in the pulpit and they're telling everybody, well, Jesus loves you. Don't worry about anything else. There's no consequences now. There's consequences for your actions. You know what? You can get born again. You can go into any kind of sin that you ever thought about and you might be able to get to heaven but you know what? You're going to destroy all of your relationships here on earth. You're going to destroy them. And this is the problem that we have in our society. Is the fact that there are people that are getting to the place to where they're saying, I know knowledge, but I have no wisdom. I can Google right now on my iPad anything. I can tell you about theoretical physics I can do all that without going to college. There's somebody out there with a YouTube video that can teach you what it means. But guess what? You have no way of applying it. You're stupid. You know what? There's a plenty of stupid people that have high educations. High educations. In fact, if somebody says, well, I've got a doctorate degree, I'm like, I just want to see your, your reviews on Yelp because I don't, I don't care how many degrees you've got. I work with people that are degreed all the way up. You know, most of the time I'm looking for experience. When I go to hire people, when I go to, to, to know people, I want to know what their experiences are. See, because in experience, you can tell whether or not somebody has patience. If they have patience, they're going to be kind. It also says here, it says, love does not envy. So it's not jealous. It does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It doesn't puff itself up or get boastful. You know, that's what happens when you've got a lot of knowledge, but you don't have a lot of wisdom, is that you walk around. That's what I was at 22 years old. (laughs) I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know how I'm going to do it. You can't tell me nothing because... I'm doing it. Well, guess what? Without wisdom, all that knowledge was for nothing. I got myself in lots of trouble believing that I already had it all figured out. I had nothing figured out. And it says it does not seek its own. Now, this is the crazy thing about this is that, do you know that that if something does not seek its own, you may be thinking, well, well, I, I need to go out and get a college degree and I need to go out and do all this stuff. Well, you need to, you need to go seek knowledge. If you're going to college just to go to college or you're going to take a, a, a class or whatever, most of the time people have a wrong mentality about that. Do I go take a class or... Do I go get a degree because I want to be able to pump the degree? Let me, let me tell you about my degrees. Do you know that, that when I'm seeking my own, then I'm trying to get as many letters behind my name in order so that everybody goes, oh, I trust that guy. That guy is awesome. Without even getting to know me, that guy is awesome. See, without the connection, without having that interaction of whether or not their knowledge actually produces wisdom, then all we have is that piece of paper. And you know what? There's plenty of them that are on TV that they'll go and find an expert and he's got all these three-letter things behind their name and they mean nothing because those people are idiots. They absolutely are stupid. They went to school for 25 years. They get out. They, they parade them up through there and then you ask them a question and they give an opinion that they probably could have gotten just by turning on the same network and just watching it 15 minutes before they got on. Because that's all you're going to get from them is an opinion. But see, wisdom knows how to use knowledge 
And love knows how to use wisdom. So it does not act rudely. Do you know that this word right here, I've I've done a lot of word studies on this. This actually has to do with our identity. Do you know that that if if I was the son of a king, I would have been taught from the time I was a small child how you use a certain kind of fork, how you enter into a, you know, enter into a dining hall, you're announced, you got all these different things. Do you know that as the, the, the child of a king, I would not do acts that was unbecoming of my stature? You know, most of the time people think, well, I can be rude to somebody, it doesn't really matter because I'll never see them again. Well, guess what? You're a child of the living God. You should not do acts that are unbecoming because you represent Him. It'd be about just like, I mean, I this morning my son gave me a card. I cried. Now I think he doesn't want to ever give me a card like that again for Father's Day. But do you know that I almost cried yesterday because everybody wanted to come talk to Caleb's dad. Why do they want to talk to Caleb's dad? Well, it's because I sent an emissary out before me and they said, if that guy is that way, I need to know who brought him up. See, I'm I'm, I'm speaking from the Spirit of the Lord right now. You guys... Caleb and Kaylee, you've been sent as an emissary from God Almighty on high. You're going to go and do things in your life that is going to be awesome. And you're going to be a spokesman through your actions less than your words. See, that's what I want you to understand is that acts that are unbecoming of your station, unbecoming of the children of kings, People don't associate you if you act rudely with God. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we have all the problems that we have in the church today is because there are people going through life that are doing crazy stuff and then they're like, I'm the pastor of Hillsong's Church in New York City. Or I'm the pastor of XY Church. And you go, well, didn't your whole church almost break up because of an affair? Oh, yes, but, you know, that was five years ago. Do you notice that most people go, I remember the affair more than I remember your sermon. I remember the, I remember the, the problems that y'all had more than I remember anything else. You know why? Because somebody didn't act like the child of the king. See, we don't act rudely. We act like the child of the king because that's who we are. See, I'm not asking you to try to act like something that you're not. I'm asking you to think about who you are in Christ Jesus and then be that because that's who you are. It's not something I'm trying to act like. It's who you are. Okay, I'll move on. I know everybody's going, Dusty, I already got that. All right. You know what? We don't seek our own. We're not provoked to anchor. You know, we don't think or meditate on evil. Now, you may say, well, I'm not actively thinking about Satanistic things. Well, let me ask you a question. As a child of a king, do you sit around and think about the economy and everything? Well, you can think about it. Hey, what do I do, Lord? See, that's the response. This is where the evil comes in. Oh my God, the economy's bad. I'm just going to cash out everything and I'm going to put it under my mattress. You know that the evil thoughts go to evil actions and evil actions has the the distinction, (coughs) excuse me, has the distinction 
of showing that you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. You're not acting like a child of the king. That's why we're supposed to go back to dad and say, Hey, Father, what am I supposed to do in this situation? If inflation's going through the roof and I can't afford whatever it is, meat, milk, a car, what do I do, Father? And you don't listen to the naysayers. You don't think on those things. You think on the things God tells you to do. You know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me is a great verse. It has to do about being content, but it also has to do with that it's a mindset that we should live. But how about this one? Let's go a few more verses beyond that one to Philippians 4.19 where it says that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But only when the economy's good. And only when you've got all your ducks in a row and only when you've got the best job that you could ever have and you've got the best education. I mean, it's in there, right? Philippians 4, you can find those scriptures in there too, right? Is, is that what it says? It's the onlys. No, I don't see that in there at all. In fact, in fact Paul actually goes to the point of saying, hey guys, you, y'all have helped me out so much Y'all done all these different things. I want you to know that, that when I was in my lowest points, you were probably the only people who gave to me. But I'm going to tell you how good God is because even when I didn't have anything, He supplied all of my needs according to His riches and glory. That meant that the moment that, you know, I'm going to step off the stage here, God put another piece of the stage. That was what He was doing for Paul. You know, that's what he'll do for us if we have faith. Because the faith that of a mustard seed will move mountains. You know that when we're in the worst times of our life, I remember Heather and I, we got married, and I got, I got laid off two weeks after we got married. I was without a job for two months. And you know, we didn't go hungry. In fact, my dad actually, I mean, we had more hot dogs than you could eat. I mean, we, eating wasn't the problem. We had hot dogs. We would go down to, it was Tormay's, wasn't it? We'd go over to Tormay's. We would pick up, they had the dented can thing. It was like you could get a box of macaroni and cheese that was made by, I don't know, some, some Russian, you know, uh, like factory somewhere. I don't know, because it was only like 20 cents or something. But we would have hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. You may think, that's awful. No. Do you know that those are some of the best times that I can remember in my life? God came through in so many different ways. He paid our bills. You know, God paid my bills. I didn't have a job for two months. We'd already signed a lease. We were paying for water and electricity and the, the lease. And, you know, everything came in. Everything was paid for. And then he was so good because he gave me a job at the power company. And then, heck, I got Brock on at the power company. Or, or Michael got, I got Michael on and then Michael got Brock on. It was, there was so many people. They hated me, by the way, because every time I would go, hey, there's a job that's open, I would just go get one of my friends and say, hey, come, come take this job. Do you know that over, over my lifetime, I remember those times as being some of the best. You know why? Because when you're sitting on top of the hill and you've got everything going, the only thing that you can think about, even though you can go higher, is that you see all the, the things that came from all the, the mountains you climbed, all the obstacles that you went through. You see those and say, oh, those, are the, those are such good times because we overcame. You know, I look at those and, and I think about those all the time. But, you know, I don't sit back and have nostalgia and go, well, you know, those are the best days of my life. You know, was the summer of 69. You know, I can probably pull a thousand songs. So we, I may be here all day just coming up with, I'm going to sing songs to you all day. But you know that in every single time the Lord says, Think about that, but then turn around and remember what you did and go up the mountain. 
Don't stop. Don't, don't just look at this one thing and say, ah, I've got to, I got to, I got to just sit back and just remember when my kids were younger. Oh, those were such good times. You know what? The best times are about to happen. I'm about to have a a new son that's going to come into the family. His name's Micah Baker. In October, my family's going to get bigger. And then eventually, I'm going to have grandkids. And then Caleb, he's going to go and he's going to get married one day. And I'm going to have a new daughter. And then I'm going to have new grandkids. And then all of the wisdom that God has put, knowledge and wisdom that God has put in my life, I'm going to put it back into them. All the not having to pay all the bills because hallelujah, they're going to leave and they're going to pay their own bills. Well, guess what? Once they are able to pay their own bills, I can go spoil my grandchildren. You know, the best days of my life are ahead of me, not behind me. But I can look back... You know, we were at this uh, minister's conference and they were talking about how David, when, when Goliath was out and he was, you know, screaming at all of Israel and saying that he would, you know, that he would fight anybody. David comes walking in and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It meant that he didn't even have a covenant with the living God. And he went in and he was talking to Saul and Saul goes, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? I'm looking at this little runt, you know, 15, 16-year-old, and he tries to put the big armor on him, and he can't carry the sword. And he turns around, and he says, I can't wear any of that. He said, but I do know how to fight because I've taken the lion by the beard, and I've slew it. I've taken the bear, and I've slew it. You know, we were talking about this at this conference, and I thought to myself, you know what? Every time I look back on my life, and the things that happened in my life, it propels me forward. Because I look back and go, well, look, I had nothing then. Now look at how much more I've got now to be able to just jump. You know, you go from teeny tiny baby steps to now, because of all the things that have happened, you just get to jump forward. You get to jump forward step after step after step after leap after leap. You know, that's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to look back and go, look at all the awesome things God did there. How much more will he do now? So that's the unconditional love of God is that he constantly wants to show you. He constantly wants you not just have the knowledge, but he wants you to have the wisdom because you're going to propel other people. How many people wants to propel other people? Oh, yeah, hands are going up because that's where we should be. We need elders in our society. We need elders, not the elderly, okay, because that means something different nowadays. But we need elders. We need people who've said, hey, I went through a lot, and I know how God works, and I know where where he took me, and I'm going to go alongside somebody that is now trying to learn. Do you know that in everybody's life, Everybody that's sitting here, there's people that are in your life that you're going to help propel because of the knowledge and the wisdom that you have. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen soon. There's going to be people you're going to go, oh, I'm supposed to go call that person. I'm supposed to go to lunch with that person. I'm supposed to help them out. I know about a situation that I can help them maybe get into a job or get into a, a car or to a house. You know that each and every one of you, God has been preparing for a time such as this. I almost feel like I'm preaching a different kind of message today, but I'm just telling you that God has awesome things for you. Go back and remember those old times. Get some nostalgia. If you want to cry a little bit and talk about your babies, that's okay. But then turn around and say, where's my grandbabies? How do I propel them? See, that's why God said that I will bless you in your generations and your generations and your generations. What happened was is that we had some generations that there was some breaks and the next generation didn't get blessed because that generation said, well, I didn't have to give. 
I don't care if you got nothing in the bank. This has nothing to do with money. This has nothing to do with your education. This has to do with the knowledge and wisdom and the love of God that's on the inside of you. And how much can you give to someone else? I will tell you the things that unconditional love does. Patience is kindness. You got truth and righteousness. You know, love, you know, love is like this. It says in verse 7, it says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Let me ask you a question. Does it bear all things for, for all people? It does for the things that love tells you to do. You know, I, I can help undergird people if they want it. So I can bear all things as long as the Holy Spirit's telling me to do it. Just don't go try to bear things that people don't want you to bear. Especially if, um, especially if you do it in the wrong way. Then you end up driving people away from you. See, we have to bear all things and believe that all things that love has for us is going to work. I don't believe all things. I don't believe in evolution. I don't. I think it's stupid. The Big Bang Theory. The only one that ever happened was God said, let there be light, and it happened. Bang! Do you know that in every single thing that we have done throughout time, God has been behind. So this is not about a believing in what people's beliefs are. This is about believing in love, that love will carry us forward. And it hopes and endures all things. I actually am hoping that because I'm preaching this, that this is driving up a sense of excitement and expectation in you. I'm hoping all things are about to explode on the inside of you and that y'all are going to go out in the world and just change it. You know, you have a world that I don't. You go out into yours every single day and you can change it. You can change it. I can't change your world. You have to change your world. You know, that's one of the reasons why that the work of the ministry is the equipping of the saints to go forth out into their world. See this, you know, Pastor Jim McCann used to say, because he was in karate, he used to get up there and he'd bring people up there and he'd beat them up. We'd be sitting up there and he'd go, Dusty, come up here. And Pastor was, Jim was as big as I am. And he'd be like, you know, punching on, you know, doing stuff. I mean, he did it somewhat nice. But he would go through this whole thing and he would, he would talk about that this is the training house of champions. Well, I don't, you know, I took martial arts for a while, but I'm not like a big time martial arts person. You know, I look at what we have here is that this is the place that we come to get peace. This is the training house of peace. This is the training house where we get to, to love on each other and that when we have problems, that we can expand our peace. And then we can go out into the world and we can love on each other. That's why love never fails. That's why love never fails. You know what it says here? It says that, but whether there's prophecies, they will fail. Whether there's tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Do you know that if you have love, love will give you a lot of different things. And so real quickly, I'm going to back up just for a second. Yes, I've got Animal down here and he's playing the, he's playing the drums. But in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels. Yes, we're talking about I'm speaking with my tongue right now as men. I can also speak in tongues through the Holy Spirit and through the tongue of angels. Those things that is by the Holy Spirit. But if I have not love, I become a sounding brass and a clinging cymbal. I'm like animal over here and I'm just... You know... Caleb is actually really awesome at drums, okay? Praise God. 
But you know, it's kind of funny. Without a song, we'll be upstairs and he'll be playing downstairs on the drum set. And I'm like, because he's trying to learn one part, he plays it over and 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 he plays it over. And what we've done is we've just put like headphones in and we just watch a video. You know that because once you've heard something over and over and over, eventually you're like, that, that's good. Whatever that was, that you've, you've perfected it. You just want to tell them. You know, the, the problem is, is that without love, it's just hard to be around. You, you kind of want to shy away from it. Uh, let, let me get out of here. You know, that's the problem that I see in our churches nowadays is the fact that most of the time things that are being taught that should be taught in love that would be perfect for this generation that either they've gotten so jaded that it's like I'm going to teach I'm going to teach about a problem that I know in the church I'm going to teach about a problem that's going on in our society you know I could sit up here every day and I could I could go find something on the news and I could create a I could create a sermon about it and there would be some people that'd probably go, Amen, Hallelujah, teach against whatever that is. I'm in agreement with it. But you know that if I teach on unconditional love, then now you know how to go and fight the good fight against that. Because just having a rah rah recession around, we should change things in our society. Praise God. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, if, if everyone wants to go to war, we can do that. But you know what? If you want to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit through love, then we have to understand the love of God that's in us, that's for us, so that we, when we encounter those things, then now we can go fight that good fight. We know what to do by the Holy Spirit that doesn't get us into a fist fight but gets us into love with other people and that we change their hearts and their minds. You know, the problem with it is that I can change people physically. I can go lock them up in a room. That's what we do with people that are in jail. Do you know that the repeat offenders for people who go to jail is over 60%? You're not changing people's minds. You're just keeping them off the street. Jail is not a consequence to say, let's make them better. That's not the way, that's not what jail works. That's not how it works. It's to say, let's get them away from people because they're not good to people. Can I get an agreement with that? Because every time we've ever tried to make jail something that it wasn't, we make it completely worse. Do you know that in, in our, our own lives and the way that we live our lives, I can change you physically for a time. But if I can change your mentality by the word of God, I can change you for the rest of your life. Because the word of God will get in there and it will change your mind and your heart. Now, I'm not having to fight physically with you. I'm not having to fight physically with the people that are in this world. Verse 2 says, And though I have the gifts of prophecy and all understanding and mysteries and knowledge, and, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You know, one of the things that's really bad about this is that, you know, if, you're, if you've got faith, and, and by the way, this is not an unbeliever that, that Paul's talking about. You know, I used to think these scriptures were about unbelievers. You know, that's the problem we have with having black and white thinking is that we think to ourselves, well, there's saved people and there's unsaved people. And if it's bad in the Bible, it's for the unbeliever. And if it's good, then it's for the believer. And so what we do is we create lists of, well, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when it says the good stuff, that's for the believer and the saint. But the bad stuff is like, well, that's the unbeliever. That's the world. No, no, no. This has to do with the believer. 
This has to do with people who have already been saved. You know, and I've met many, many people who have done awesome things in their life for God, but they did it on their own. They could move mountains, but they were like this dude in the picture. Hey, I'm the only one moving the mountain. And I go and I throw that thing into the sea. You know, Mark 11, 23, 24, um, most of y'all know Kenneth Hagin went back in time and wrote that for Jesus so that he could say it. For all y'all that are the, of the Baptist variety that don't get that, Kenneth Hagin was a person that that was something that every time he preached, he was going to use Mark 11, 23, 24, and people had a joke, okay? I do have people in the congregation that probably don't know who Kenneth Hagin is, but essentially Mark 11, 23, 24 was that if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but whatsoever things that you believe when you say them, they will come to pass. You know, it's with the heart men believe. It's not something that I just get. I have to believe in my heart before I can have faith. And see, that's the problem that I, that I have with, that I have sometimes is that I think I can go it alone. I think, well, you know, no one else is standing up with me. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to pick this mountain up with my faith and I'm going to move it. You know, the Lord constantly comes back to me and says, that's not the way I designed this thing, guys. I designed it to where we can all have faith and that as a body of believers that the body is moving these mountains. But what we end up doing is we have a bunch of people that goes, well, my way is better than your way, so I'm going to break off over here and do my thing. And then my way is better than your way, so I'm going to break off here and do that thing. And then what happens is, is besides being together as the body of Christ, we end up being one part of one tenth of one percent of the body that goes out there and does something because we don't get the fullness of what love is supposed to be doing because it says I am nothing if I don't have love I'm going to give you this one last scripture here 1 Corinthians 13 3 and it says Although I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. The meaning of life is to love and to be loved. The purpose of life is to do. I'm going to say it one more time. The meaning of life is to love and be loved. The purpose of life is to do. Do you know that most of the time people are trying to find purpose before they find meaning? If you don't find meaning first, then you don't know what you're doing. You end up on the wrong purpose. If all you ever do is just do and do and do and do, then what you're going to be is you're going to be the one guy walking around with the mountain going, i got to find a place to put this thing down. Do you know that, that if I have no purpose, then I don't know where to put it down? Because most people just end up throwing it in different parts of their heart. Hey, i got this one problem. Well, then I throw it over here into the other problem. You know, I use this not because I think this is a spiritual thing, but... <clears throat> You know, you got, you got people who will smoke a cigarette and they lose weight, right? And it's because they get so into, I'm smoking cigarettes that I lose weight. And then they'll quit smoking cigarettes and in order to overcome, because they're trying to, you know, appease themselves and their body and everything else, they'll actually say, okay, I, I'm, I'm now going to gain weight because I'm eating in its place. You know, you never get rid of a mountain that you just keep throwing it into another area. Be like, you know, I had these two big rocks when we bought our house over here in Alabaster that somebody had put in the backyard. Well, then I, I told this guy that was doing some work for me, I said, can you get rid of those rocks? He goes, yeah, sure, no problem. Well, then I go out back behind my house, like 10, 20, 30 feet, and there's these two big boulders 
that are out there behind my house. And I'm thinking, this is not even my land. He just moved this problem over on somebody else's piece of property. Now, y'all don't know where I live, so it's okay. But, <laughs> but I, I will tell you this. I look at this and I just say, if you have a rock that's in your heart and you just move it from one thing, okay, well, I'm not going to eat a lot anymore, but I'm going to now, I'm going to be meaner to people because I'm not eating. Okay, I just moved that rock over into the mean side. And then we just keep going little by little. You haven't actually gotten rid of the problem. You just moved it around to the different areas. See, that's the thing about love is love says that I'm going to eradicate fear. Just like it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, it says that it eradicates fear. See, here, and I love what Mother Teresa said. And I know people are going to be like, well, I don't know about Mother Teresa. Don't worry about it. It's what she said, okay? I try to give to the poor people for love what the rich could get for money. No, I would not touch a leper for a thousand pounds. Yet, I would willingly cure him for the love of God. You know what's so awesome about that statement? Is the fact that in myself, I wouldn't love anybody hardly. In fact, my, me and my sister were talking about this and she said, you know, you said something a long time ago about you didn't really like people. Well, there's been times in my life I didn't like people. But do you know that, that God, in all of his infinite wisdom, when he starts pumping love into each and every one of us, you know, love starts coming out. It's like it's almost like we're porous and it just oozes out of us. I think I think, you know, a lot of times people would say, you know, that we we have faith that oozes out of us or we have any of these kind of things. We are. We're very porous. The more we put in, the more it's gonna come out of us. The more we love, the more God is going to just keep pumping into our hearts. It's just going to come out in every area of our lives. It doesn't matter if in the flesh it's like, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to heal them. I don't want to be around them. You know, sometimes, the, and, and this has happened to me a ton of times, the love of God just bubbles out of me. And I step out from meaning. The meaning is the love of God that I'm loved by and that I love others with, into my purpose. And now I'm able to step out, and I'm able to touch people that, that, they don't, that I didn't want to touch before. I'm able to, to be with people that I may not have wanted to be with in the flesh, because the purpose of God comes from the direct sense of meaning of His love for me and His love for others that comes out of me. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. You know, I want to pray for us today because I think that, you know, on this Father's Day, we, we've got so many awesome opportunities for us, to, for us to love on people that may not be lovely. And I don't mean lovely as in they just didn't get fixed up today or they didn't take a shower. I mean, there was things that have happened in your past with them that they are absolutely just jerks. And guess what? God is saying today, I am giving you a gift of love that's on the inside of you that's going to ooze out under the people. It's going to ooze out into this world. And you're going to be able to touch people in ways that you never knew because you're going to know the love that I have for you. You know, the love that God has for you is this patient kindness. He's not rude. He loves you unconditionally. And so this week, as you're going out and you're you're doing the things that you 
that you do on a normal daily basis. The Lord's going to put in your heart to call somebody. The Lord's going to put in your heart an opportunity to go and talk to somebody face to face. The Lord is going to show you people that were maybe unlovely and had not been loved. So as you bow your heads, close your eyes. More prayer words. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that love is just being so forced into us. <laughs> I just see, like, I remember when I was a kid and there was a grease gun and my dad would take that thing and he would just fill up these bearings and the, the, the grease would just come flowing out. It's going to be so pressurized. It's going to be so just magnified in each one of our lives that it's just going to ooze out. We're not even going to try. It's just going to be that we're going to be walking down the street and we're going to see somebody and they're going to need the love of God and the love of God is going to transform them. I pray in Jesus' name that you are just giving them people right now that they can just see and, and, and that they're going, I'm going to call them this week. I'm going to call them. I'm going to love on some folks this week. Father, I just pray as we go this week, help each and every one of us as, as things get bad in our economy or things happen in the world if we find out that there's people that, that have been, um, you know, we've had school shootings or church shootings or whatever it is, I pray in Jesus' name that the fear of the, fear of the world does not become their, their base area that they go to, but that they know the love of God that casts out all fear. And that, Father, in every situation, they say, I'm not going to regress, but I'm going to progress. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to think about my past and about all of the knowledge and wisdom that I have and how can I impart that into my kids, my grandkids, into people that are around me. Father, bring, I'm praying, bring young people that want wisdom and knowledge Help Identity Church to be a, a safe haven for them. I pray, dear Lord, in each and every one of the lives that are in here, the people that are listening on our podcast, I pray in Jesus' name that they're, they're safe havens for someone, especially young people that need to know who they are in Christ Jesus, that may not even know Jesus Christ is their Lord, but that they can be the people that help raise up and pastor those people. Bring them into a church like this one so that we can together live and learn. Father, I just pray that you just bless them as they go. Bless them financially. Bless them in peace. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day, everyone. Go out and tell somebody that has spoken to your life, especially a man that has. Tell them, tell them how much you appreciate that. If anybody needs prayer for anything, I'll be down here at the front. But if that's all, then you're dismissed. Thank you.